Welcome to Our Social Impact, brought to you by the Prison Scholar Fund. The PSF's mission is to provide education and employment assistance to help currently and formerly incarcerated people succeed and thrive in society, while avoiding homelessness and the revolving door of re incarceration. The PSF also advocates for reform and correctional education to increase opportunity for all. As a nonprofit, we rely on investments, volunteers, and are always looking for board members to champion our mission. Please connect with us through our website at prisonscholars.org, where you can find volunteer opportunities, make a contribution, and learn more about becoming a board member. You can also email us at info at prisonscholars.org and find us through most social media platforms at Prison Scholars. Become a patron by supporting us directly at Patreon with at Prison Scholars. We appreciate your review of this podcast through whatever platform you listen through. Without further ado, here's Dirk Van Velsen, founder and CEO of the Prison Scholar Fund. All right. Well, welcome to the next episode of Our Social Impact. Today we have Goldie, and I just know Goldie from the joint, and I don't even remember your last name. Uh, Russell. Goldie Russell. Yeah. So tell me about what you're doing today, Goldie. I know you're going to start a podcast, so maybe we can talk about that whole thing. Yeah, uh, starting a podcast, I, I guess it's all all became uh, apparent really more because because of COVID and having to having to pivot and whatnot, and to continue to put your efforts into um, you know just positive things. You know, when you, after you come come out of those lifestyles and you come out of um, you know just living different ways, it's uh, you know it's difficult sometimes to. Um, to, to keep your mind on positive things and in a, in a poor forward progression. So uh, a podcast was just something I just, I was thinking about and I was just thinking about all these different individuals who I, uh, who I know who have, you know, done 27 years, 20 years, um, 19 years, 15. And, and I'm seeing these guys that are, that are doing some, not just getting out and staying out, but are doing some phenomenal things um, each in their, in each in their own lane. And so, I just started thinking, you know, the average person doesn't know that. You know, the average person just only sees the guy who constantly goes back um, and doesn't get the opportunity to see that there's these, these amazing cats doing amazing things, whether it's in ministry, whether it's in um, um, nonprofit, whether it's in uh, real estate. And so I wanted to I wanted to just start a podcast to touch on that, but having a twofold of having individuals come on there and really talk about some of the struggles in which that we, you know what I'm saying, that you've had to stumble through, right? You know, as you know, as you come home, you, it's, it's not everything that you thought it was going to be. You know, at least it hasn't been for me. And so um, letting other cats know that, man, maybe they fall, maybe they see it like I did and, and you know, didn't have that great epiphany and, was, and um, need some encouragement to know that, man, you can keep, just keep pushing forward. You're going to be all right, but you just got to gotta stay focused, though, and probably grind harder than the next person. Yeah, so how long were you down for? Uh, 18 years, two days. All right. Yeah, I was for 15, and I don't have the days counted, just I know it's a 15 chunk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Yeah, and I got out May May 7th, 2015. What was your rebirth day? Uh, September 17th, uh, 2016. Nice. Yeah. So what was your biggest challenge? Or did you have one? Oh, yeah, no, I've had <laughs> many, you know, many. And I think that, uh, I think that for me, um, a couple different things. A is um, expectations. I believe that uh, a lot of different people had... You know, you have your your moms, you have your girl, you have you know all these different people in your life who have expectations of what it's going to be like when you come home. Um, the problem is, is that they ain't never talked to each other. They ain't never talked to you about what these expectations are. Nobody had, you know. So in the end, it's like you come home and everybody ends up getting let down. Um, 
I'm gonna say for me, probably the most difficult thing has just been relationships. It just, you know, in general, trying to, I just, obviously I haven't been very, um, with, with my friends and my guys that I did, did time with. Yeah, man, I still have some great relationships with them, but with my son, with my mom, man, it, those relationships ain't that, they ain't that great. At least not where I would like them to be, at least. So, uh, relationships is definitely my biggest thing. So how many of your buddies got out that you're still in contact with? Uh, man, quite a few, quite a few, and they continue, you know, they continue to get out. And, it, and it's, and it's, sometimes um, some of the relationships have been more built out here. You know, you just seeing somebody and doing in passing, and then, um, but then when you get out, I, you know, he was meeting one somebody else I knew, and then we started, uh, you know, vibing. But um, I'm gonna say maybe ten or so uh, that I've gotten out that I'm in constant contact with. Uh, you know, I think that. Uh, yeah, I'm just trying to think about that. It's just about the It's always kind of funny because people you're friends with on the inside, it's kind of like you always wonder, am I still going to be friends with them on the outside yeah. when they have the freedom to be whoever they want to be? Yeah. Or also, like, you, you have a bigger pool of friends you can pick from also. So if you weren't in prison, would this still be a guy you're going to hang out with? Yeah, that's you know. And, 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 that's, well, and that's a hard thing, though, man, because uh, <laughs> prison is, you know, I, you know, I went in young. Um, I was 19, and so... Prison shaped me so much um, that it's difficult to to even think about having a you know how would my group of friends be if I had you know what I'm saying had went to prison I can't even um, imagine because I don't even literally don't talk to any of uh, I don't talk to anybody I used to you know what I'm saying deal with in the past. Um, yeah, me neither. I mean, yeah. maybe one or few people. Yeah, very few. And one guy, uh, one of one of my partners, I man, we were really close, um, running every day together, and this cat. Uh, he, uh, so I do the, you know, I do my time. He doesn't, I never get one letter, never got one here. Here's my phone, never call me, never got one, nothing. I'm like two weeks of getting out. I'm in work release. This guy sends me his phone number. I couldn't believe it, man. I was so. <laughs> was, it, was it random or do you know you're getting out or what? Um, well, he knew I was getting out because, um, like his cousin was in the work release or, you know, so he got it word through somebody like that and he just called the work release and gave him my, gave him my number. I never called him, but it was just, I couldn't believe the audacity. Like, man, <laughs> oh, I heard from you in 20 years. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, maybe I had an epiphany, like you woke up one day and was like, you know what, maybe I should give Goldie a call. Man, I, yeah, I just couldn't believe it. And, uh, he reached out to me, though, after that. I think he caught me on, on, on Facebook or, or something, which I'm very rarely on. But um, And he could just tell that I just, I don't, I got no ill feelings. You know, I wish him the best in life. Um, but I just didn't really have nothing to say. So when you got out, did you have a girlfriend? Did you have family support, or how'd you how'd you break ground on your new life? Man, I think that, well, with me, I just you know I was I was super blessed just in the aspect of um, just you know having different various jobs I was inside, and I was able to save up a little bit of money, um, and so that you know for me I got out just to myself, and I, and I just broke up with my girlfriend I believe at the time, um, so I got out and was just. Yeah, just a, a wild young. You would think a young young bachelor, but I wasn't young, man. I was just stupid, you know. Just and I think you know one of the somebody told me one time they said, uh, you know how, however old you are when you go in, um, you you get stuck. You get you know in a sense you get stuck there, and then when you get out, everything's just multi you know multiplied. So if you did, so if you got you know you went in your twenty, let's say you get out your let's say you get out in your in your forty. Um, they said, okay, so how long you been out? You've been out a year, so it's really like you've been out two years. 
Or, or you know, so, so it's like they're 22 then is what is what she was trying to tell me. Okay. And and I agreed with her. You know, at first I didn't agree with her because I was like, man, um, in some ways I'm like a 70 year old man. I know that for a fact. So in some of my uh, my knowledge and wisdom and, and just from pain and experience, um, but then I started seeing some of the things that I was doing, and I started seeing that she had a point. You, know? you didn't mature like he normally would have. Yeah. Yeah. You 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 mature mentally, but you like there's some physical things that you still have to go through. You know, um, whether it be a, 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 a woman had to pull a knife on me or, you know, you know, <laughs> in a relational situation. or And I've had that and a few other things happen. And so I look back and I say, man, this isn't stuff that a 40-year-old man should be doing. You know? yeah. <laughs> uh, I got women jumping my fence at the house. And, I, mean, it, I mean, it's just too much. It's not that serious. Um, so I just realized that, that um, the lady had a small point, you know, that there were still some things that I had to traverse through physically uh, to get over that hump. Yeah, I, I totally relate to that. I, you know, I fell in my 20s, and I used to love to ski. Yeah. So when I got out, you know, I started skiing again, and my brain still thought I was a 20-year-old skier, right? <laughs> and my body, was, my 40-year-old body was like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to tell you. Um, I, don't, I don't know where I got the confidence, but I went bungee jumping. And, um, man, the, the video, I got the video of it. It's so hilarious. And <laughs> Were you screaming like a girl? Or you no, I mean, but listen. You would think that I jumped 50 times. You would think that um, just the way how cocky I was, I just, you know, I'm chucking deuces at the camera, like, you know, it's yeah. nothing. Man, and I ran, and I, and, and so it's a long story how I got there, but I was able to uh, run off the plank. You're not supposed to be able to do that your first time, but I ran off the plank. Oh, do people not, they just step off or something? Yeah, that on the first one, you have to go on this, at least where I went and jumped in Amboy, um, on one half of the bridge is is a um it's just a platform that you just you just step off and right? I, and the pros jump but not the the first time no, no the first time to jump off that just the platform that you just walk off okay gotcha um but once you've come back a second time it's more like a promotional thing you know they they don't want you to go onto the cool one until you've come back right yeah. they want you to come back so but it just so happens i was going up there with my son my son was overweight over the weight limit um my prison story literally is what got was able to get him to jump and me to jump on the same side because um, the owner just happened to be there to override it. So, uh, but I literally ran and jumped off the off the plank, looked down, realized there's literally nothing there. Um, your heart drops. Yeah. And in midair, you can see me turning around, trying to uh, go back to the plank. <laughs> like have a do over. Yeah, I, mean, I wanted to do over. I had, literally, I asked myself right that second, man, what in the hell did you just do? Yeah. Uh, my whole life flat. And listen, and I'm, you know, you already know we've been in, we've been in prison. I've, I've seen prison riots. I've, you know, I've um, been in shootouts. I've been shot at. You got some shit. I've been through some stuff. Yeah. Never have I been more scared in my life. No kidding. Never, man. Never have I been more scared. Uh, and it didn't get easier the second and third time I jumped. It, it was worse even because I knew what was coming. Yeah. Um, and I only, I only went back because I didn't want to let fear rule me. I didn't want to let something be, have me so terrified that I couldn't do it. And so I went back. But, yeah, it didn't get no easier, man. It was, it was just, it was just as hard, if not harder. What's so crazy about that is is that I, I skydived three days after I bungee jumped, right? And the only reason I bungee jumped is, is one of my homegirls said, um, hey, because I was telling her that I was going bungee jumping, and she was like, I didn't know you wanted to bungee jump. You, you know, you want to skydive too? And I was like, yeah, hell yeah, I'm going to try to do it all. Oh, did you do the tandem? Or the, the I did the set? tandem. Yeah. But, so, but I still, um, she was like, well, let's, let's go. So I was like, all right, no problem. Um, after I had bungee jumped, I didn't want to skydive anymore at all. Oh, really? Bungee jumping was terrifying, and I don't think you really understand. <laughs> so, is, is that scarier than skydiving? Listen, no. It, totally different. Is it, is it 100 and... 
50% different. It would be a million times different to the point where the only reason I went skydiving, the only reason was because she had already paid her money for it. And I didn't want to, you know what I'm saying? I didn't yeah. want to be like that. Um, but literally, when I got done from, from bungee jumping, I said, okay, I've done it. I'll never have to do it again. Yeah, Every life. You know what I'm saying? That was, that was real. It was done. Um, then I went and skydived. And so, you know, you already know, I'm, I'm the whole time I'm just trying to focus. I'm because I'm just, I'm already knowing this is going to be terrifying. <laughs> breathe in, breathe out. Breathe yeah. in, breathe out. And the guy's like, you're, you're going to be okay. I'm, man, man. I just kept saying, man, man, man. You know, and he's trying to give me the thumbs up. And I'm just, you know, just leave me alone, man. You know, I don't need your pep talk. I'm, I'm going. You know? Maybe his tandem is like it took the pressure off or... Yeah, well, yeah, well, I think, you know, I think that that's what, you know, that's what they, they do is they try to talk you, you know, just talk to you and just try to get you to be loose. Yeah. Um, he doesn't understand what I had just went through. But the cold part about it is, so you jump out and you, and, and I, you know, I got the video, uh, no, I took the, I got the pictures of it. And you see my face and I'm just, you know, eyes wide open. And within three seconds, easily, man. It was so peaceful. Yeah. It's the most peacefulest thing that you'll ever... It's so quiet. It's just... Yeah, once you're past that initial acceleration. It's, yeah. it's just that coming out the plane. And, I mean, literally, when I got done skydiving, I could go right back up. Yeah, then you're like... You know, once you're past that little bit of a rush, then it's like you kind of even want more of a fall. Yeah. And then you just enjoy the canopy ride. And so when I went back to... Um, I was, I was skydiving twice now, and when I went back... Um, I literally was, you know what I'm saying, I didn't even flinch, flail, or nothing like that. I, I was able to get past that free fall there. I'm bungee jumping, I haven't been able to do it yet. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to get out there on the bungee jump and run and do the swan dive. Yeah. This is what's crazy. So on my first time I'm bungee jumping, the dude says, um, I'm asking him, I'm, I'm telling you, I don't know where all this cockiness came from and arrogance and whatnot, but I was like, man, how do, you get, how do you get the best jump, right? So dude's telling me, he's like, okay, well, the side that, that me and my son were jumping off of, the way that it, um, because the rope was hooked over to here, as opposed to um, the one that you just step off is over here. So, or no, no, this one is hooked under here. It is hooked over here. And so that's why you get more G-force coming from this side. And so um, he says, man, what you do is you run out there. He said, you, you jump die hard style. Like, you know, the building's blowing up behind you and, and you wave your arms and all that. And then you swan dive. And he says, as you're swan diving, because the, um, the harness is on your chest, it'll catch you and fling you and just give you that much more G-force. <laughs> it's nothing. Got it's it. Okay. Right? Yeah. I got it. Listen, I've jumped three times now, and I have, I've gotten closer to, I got closer to jumping, um, but I still have not even close to a swan. Now, now i got to try it because I've never gone. Oh, my I see goodness. it on TV all the time. It's, it's no joke, man. I'm, I'm, I'm giving you, man, it's no joke. Um, I took one of my students, too. I was really, uh, I think the second time I went, I was really proud of one of my students um, that I had at the time. When I was teaching it, and um, you know, just the way that he conducted himself, I was really, I was really proud. And so I took one of my students, and he went out there like a straight G, man. I, I mean, jumped out there, arms just, whoosh, I mean, just arms extended, no problem. Um, <laughs> die, hard, die hard dive, just die, yeah, he did die hard. He had no problem at first. I, I, I didn't have it though. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? I'm three deep, and I still don't have it. So I don't know, man. Yeah. So what are you working on these days, other than the podcast? Uh, Trying to get another, um, trying to get another property up underneath uh, my property management. Uh, I was trying to take my test today so I could do the, uh, so I could start buying and selling real estate as well as. Um, you can't even be a property manager in Washington unless you have your real estate license. I don't know if you knew that. I did not know that. Craziest thing. So I, just to manage property. Just to manage property. No kidding. You can manage your own. You just can't manage somebody else's. Huh. Um, legally, so. Yeah, some kind of a. 
whatever. <laughs> it's, it's just crazy. I mean, yeah, there's some that's how laws. laws get, that's how laws get passed. Yeah, and you know, and and I actually once you go through, um, once you go through the the course, I kind of see why they would want you to have it because it talks about like a lot of the Fair Housing Act, you know, acts and different rights of you know that you can have with property, whether it's water rights and you know and all this different stuff and, and easements and so. I can see how it it could be super beneficial for a property manager to, to know those things. And so, what was your what was your path to here? Like, what was your first job when you got out? Uh, so, my first initially, um, I went straight to school, and uh, so I had, I had. You're a husky, right? Yeah, I'm a husky. I got I got my my first AA when I was inside um, Ohio University, and then I came home and I said, I, and, and I was trying to finish my bachelor's. I was trying to get my bachelor's in there, and I just just couldn't get it done, but. Um, I told myself, I said I was going to do school, so I jumped out into full school, went to Edmonds Community, because um, I was changing my major of my AA to business, so um, I had to go back and take my prereqs or you know, whatever was necessary, so that took a, um, that took a year, got a, which, and that was enough time that basically gave me another, um, another AA, okay. um, and the DTA, the direct, uh, direct transfer, and then I transferred over to the School of Business at... Uh, at the UW Foster School? Uh, no, not in Bothell. They don't call it Foster. It's the Bothell one. Oh, Millgard? I think it is Mill. Something like that. No, it Tacoma's Millgard. Seattle's Foster. I don't know what Bothell is. I don't know. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Huh? Yeah, and I'm, I'm with there. Oh, no. go dogs! Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So now, um, so then obviously that took another two years. And, but during that time, I um, so the first job I started really working for, I started working for the Urban League, and I was teaching the um, career career. Uh, Jesus, Louise, what the heck is it? Career. Career Bridge. I was teaching the Career okay. Bridge. Um, had had phenomenal success there. Um, successfully integrated uh, the male and female classes. Had the biggest graduating class they've ever had. The big highest retention numbers. Um, you know, was just really poured my heart into that work. Still, while still going to school full time, that was that was a little challenging. Um, then I during during all of that, I broke off into the property management, um, which is good because then the you know the Career Bridge came to a, um, an end. So I started doing the um, property management, a little bit of Airbnb, uh, graduated, and now I'm, I was getting ready to uh, write some curriculum, you know, since I've, uh, you know, taught those classes and whatnot, I was getting ready to write some curriculum and just try to go around to some of the nonprofits and, you know, and, and sell my services, uh, doing what I love. I love social work. I love messing with the youth. All right. So where were we? I have no idea. I can't, okay. I can't remember. <laughs> so we'll just jump it back into... Uh... I guess employment. So, how was your employment picture getting out? Did you have challenges getting a job, or um, no, no? You know, I went to work. At least I went straight to work. Uh, you are, you know, it was easy to get a job there, and, and I didn't. I, I can't remember why. I had a, you know, once again, you have these pre these expectations of what you think that you know you're going to do this and you're going to do that and life's going to be this. But um, I went to work at a restaurant for a little bit. Wasn't getting enough hours to get my socials. I had to get up out of there. And so yeah. uh, ended up going to work for this um, this guy um, renovating homes. And uh, was that how you got into real estate or got a sniff of the real estate game? Well, no, I had I had already been interested and I had already um, had already bought myself you know a little duplex and whatnot. So I had already kind of been into it. I watched you know obviously I watched years and years and years of HGTV, but um, I hadn't actually put my hands to anything. And so um, he gave me the opportunity. And the main thing I think he really gave me was the confidence just to do stuff. Um, I remember the first time I was going to do some, he asked me to do some tiling. Because when I got the job, I told him, hey, listen, I don't know how to do anything, but, you know, I'm, I'm a fast learner and I'm, and I'm eager. 
And um, so, so let me pause real quick. Yeah. See, you bought a duplex. How, how yeah. soon do you buy a duplex from your release? Oh man, you know, probably I'm gonna say uh, probably I'm gonna say a year before I got out. Probably a year or two. Oh, so did you have? I mean, most people can't buy a duplex. Did you have yeah. family money, or you saved no. up some? No, I just I just was you know I had various jobs inside. You know, different uh, non what are they called? Uh, the minimum wage jobs, right? Just different oh, things like that. Yeah, because you were down for so long, that means you could work back when you can get the... Well, even that out-of-state had minimum, I mean, minimum wage jobs. Um, you know, and then, and then... So you actually saved this money up while you're doing your time. Yeah, it's pretty time. impressive. Yeah, it was, it was... Especially if you buy a duplex from saving money while you're doing time. It was challenging, but yeah, I was, yeah. I was, able, to, I was able to accomplish it. And um, so then, uh, so I got that. So that's why I was able to get out too. So I didn't have to worry about housing or anything like that. So you just moving your own duplex. Just moving my own spot. That was a blessing. That was a beautiful thing. Yeah, that's amazing. Good job. Um, definitely took a lot, a lot of work, a lot of time. And, and it took um, being able to trust people, you know, being able to um, reach out and actually have someone you can trust who, who can, A, hold that for you, B, go and sign paperwork and documents. And so um, I definitely didn't do it on my own. But so then um, he came into the bathroom. The guy came into the bathroom and I said, listen, you know, I don't know how to tie. So he like, I want you to tie this bathroom. So he said, listen, you put the, the, the mortar on here, just slap this down, you do this. Um, I now knight you a tyler. And he just walked <laughs> off on me. Yeah. You know, and I was yeah, like, just figured it out. Yeah. yeah. And um, I was like, well, it's not my house. So, you know, I, I guess, you know, yeah. and I just went to work. But that's what gave me the confidence even now. Uh, one of the things I remember, um, so the, one of the apartments is... Um, the deck is the the roof of the of the other apartment's kitchen, and there was a leak in there. And I, so I went in there. And I remember I grabbed my little saw and I just cut this big old hole in the deck. And I looked down and I'm looking straight into the to the other apartment. And I was like, man, you're you're a for real landlord. This is serious. Yeah. Like, this is this is real deal here. So, uh, man, that's and that's that's how I've been doing it ever since. If something has to get done, you just, I just jump in and then. Whatever happens, happens. It's going to get fixed eventually. It might take me an yeah. extra day or two longer than somebody else, but it won't the next time. So, so it sounds like you had your kind of your head uh, screwed on straight while you're doing your time to accomplish all this. So, it, did, does yeah. that help you kind of coach other guys coming out and might have different perspectives? Well, I, I mean, also what I'll say is that uh, I definitely the last ten, probably the last the last ten, I um, is when my change really started to happen. But I will say that, um, man. Whether people re realize it or not, what you do in there is beyond essential to your release, beyond essential. And I mean, you know, even just a quick small example I noticed in is, is you know, the, my CCO was coming over to the house one day, and they do, uh, you know, they'll do ride-alongs. Yeah. And it just so happens that the guy who was doing a ride-along with my CCO was, um, he was a counselor at Monroe when I was there, and so. As they're writing up, you know, I'm sure they're passing a picture back and forth. You know, this guy, we're yeah. going to look at him. He did so many years, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and when he got, you know, so he got there. And I see, and I recognized the guy. And I can't remember his name. But I just recognized him. And, you know, I was like, how you doing? He's like, oh, you know, how you doing? He gave me, you know, some greetings. And, and then he left. And, it, and I think it was like the next time or the time after that I saw my CCO. And my CCO said, remember that one guy I rolled up with? And I was like, yeah. He said, um, I already didn't think I was going to have any issues with you. But after talking to him, I knew I wasn't. Oh, nice. And, and so, Because you know, he knew you from the inside. He, yeah. he remembered me. I was doing like, I was doing orientations or, you know, whatever I was doing. Yeah. Um, I think I was teaching a class at the time, too, inside there. And so that was just a small example of what you do in there, man, is, is crucial out here to your success. You know, he already, my CCO, I already had a good CCO and he wasn't on my back. But that just made him more, more chill. Yeah. You know, so, uh, 
Yeah, it was, it's, just, it's essential though. It really is. I wish I would have known. I would have went harder. Yeah, I would have went harder. So yeah, that's the way I kind of look at it. Is like you know, kind of t prison you're on ice. But I figured if I could keep moving forward in life while I was in prison, mm -hmm. then all that time isn't wasted. So I really buckled down, did my school. You know, it, I, I looked at it too. It, it, definitely that, right? Because it's, the time's gonna pass no matter what. But I also looked at it like. Um, when I was, so when I failed, I was, you know, drinking and drugging and, you know, and all of those things. And I look at it like, yeah, they, 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 they stole 20 from me, but really I stole it back because I got in such phenomenal shape that I normally live 20 more years than I would have lived prior to then. Oh, so really it's a wash, yeah. you know? Um, now what's not a wash is, is that, is the aspect of, you know, along the way, um, two families had to go through some, you know, a lot of hardships and a lot of trauma. You know, that's not no washing, there's nothing, you know, and I wish I could, you know, say, go back on that regard. But as far as, you know, saying my age and as far as, you know, health and living longer, yeah, I think I might've even won, really, honestly, better quality of life now than what it, what it would have been. Yeah, it's kind of funny if you think about where would you be now if prison hadn't intervened? I'd probably be dead. Yeah. Not a question. I was, in fact, I was, when I was 16, my mom took a life insurance policy out on me uh, because she said she couldn't afford to bury me. Huh. Um, so that just kind of let you know the kind of life I was she knew, living. She knew it was coming. She knew what she seen. She just saw, you know, saw the way I was living. And um, I, I, didn't take, I didn't take notice. I don't, I don't know. I just, just didn't understand what it meant. I signed the paper and just walked off like, oh, okay, I got you here. Yeah, whatever. But, I mean, that's a serious, that's a serious thing for a mom to have to take out a life insurance policy on your, on your teenage son because you don't think he's going to make it too much longer. That's heavy. Yeah. Um, you know, I can, I, because I can you imagine. have to think about. Yeah, yeah, it really does. I can only imagine what that pain feels like. So, I know, you know, a lot of you know people were hurt along the way. So, you know, life isn't it isn't all gravy. Yeah. That's for certain. Yeah. So we kind of started this podcast today because you want to learn how to do podcasts. So tell me more about yours and who you're trying to reach, the message you're trying to put out there. <clears throat> well, the, yeah, yeah. Um, it's called Freedom Forward, and it's really you know it's really just a twofold thing. <clears throat> it's really just about allowing the average citizen to, to see and understand that, that there are guys getting out of prison and not just staying out, but doing some phenomenal things in their own right. <clears throat> you know, I've, I've interviewed um, uh, Jeff Misha, you know, and you know, he was on death row and now he's out here um, running a, a successful um, halfway house um, um, operations, a program director for that. He has prison ministries where he constantly goes back into prisons. Um, I, I just got done interviewing um, JJ Bourgeois um, he's been out six, he, did, he did 27 years, been out six months, and he just got accepted to Gonzaga Law School. Nice. Um, you know, uh, getting ready to uh, interview Eddie Howard. Uh, you know, he did 15 years, and he, he's out here, and he started his own nonprofit. Um, so just, you know, just hitting these different guys um, that are doing some phenomenal things out here in the community and not just, not just being out here, not just surviving, but they're thriving. Yeah. And so one, one fold was to, to hit the average citizen and allow them to see that people are doing great things. And then the second fold was to, to let guys that are coming out see that, A, you can do it, but understand that you're going to have to jump through the roadblocks. You're going you're gonna to hit mental and emotional um, you know, pitfalls that you're going to have to navigate and be able to reach out to one another. You know, just the, just the different things that, you know, saying maybe things that I've went through, maybe things that I haven't that someone else went through, um, hardships. Because it, it, it's not easy, you know. There's always that. When you're inside, you know, people are always saying, you don't understand, you're not out here. And we're always just telling them when we were in, you guys just have no drive. Um, <laughs> and I think, I think they're both right. You know, I think it is, bottom line, it is different out here. And I think that secondly, um, 
they don't they didn't have the drive you know so I think it's a combination of both because uh, life is it, for me it humbled me coming home it greatly humbled me and and I, and I just take those lessons and I continue to uh, try to give them to the next guy I used to always when I was in I used to always ask guys that did like 15 20 years when they would get out I would you know I'd wait two weeks three weeks a month whatever and I would because once you know once a month happens you lose contact with them anyways when you know when you're doing yeah. a bunch of time and I'd always ask guys, what, what's, if right now, one piece of advice, what's the one piece of advice you would give me, nothing else? And I'm going to say seven of the eight people, man, said save some money, right? Because they were like, man, within your first week or two, people are, um, you know, they're taking you out to lunch. You know, they're buying you some, maybe some clothes or some shoes. Man, you've been out two weeks now. They're expecting you to take them to lunch. And, buy <laughs> and so uh, you always need money. You always, you're going you're gonna to need to be able to keep afloat. But I wish I would have had the opportunity to talk to them six months in, a year in, because I honestly believe that their their advice and, and, and stories would have been different. I don't think it would have been safe. Oh, interesting. I think it would have been uh, relationships, man. So then, what's your uh, advice? Is relationships? Yeah, relationships, hands down. You, I mean, you know, we we put so much time and energy into our jobs and to school, um, but you can't you, you can't take none of them things with you. Um, one thing we can really leave and take was you know are the memories that that we leave with people. Um, the lives that we affect around us, and man, it's, it's relationships. Man, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta invest the time the same way that you do your finances and you do your school and stuff. All right. So when are you kicking it off? When's the first episode flying? Uh, now that I have a few more tools up underneath, underneath uh, maybe this, uh, probably this weekend. Cool. We'll do three, three will drop this weekend, and then um, probably, no, not probably. Then it's gonna be one a week after that. So then, how do we find you? Just Google. Yeah, Google, it should be on, um, so this weekend it should be on Google Podcasts, it should be on Apple Podcasts, um, it'll be Freedom Forward uh, with Goldie, so it should be, it should be on all those things if, if everything goes right. Yeah, do you have a Facebook landing page or anything, or website? No, no, I'm, I, know, I'm, I'm pretty low-key, man, yeah, I'm, I'm, I really don't, and I know I need to get into the social media and do it, but I've really just been kind of zoning out and um, trying to learn how to appreciate life, you know, a little bit more, a little bit more, and... Uh, well, yeah, once you get it up, we can always kind of... Uh, Add your handles and your social media tags to, this, oh, yep, to yep. the, the writing for the short I sure appreciate that too. I do. I, I do have a. Uh, I'll send. You, I'll send you the links too. I'll send you the links. I do have a, uh, an Instagram account and stuff. I don't ever be on them, man. I literally. Uh, I think I see other. I don't think I have one post at all. Period. Yeah. Uh, my my own personal Facebook literally has like six posts. Ever. <laughs> you know, I just don't. Uh, and I know it's important, but yeah, I'd rather just be with people. That's all. Yeah. What's your profile picture? You dubs. So That's right. You're still you dubs. That's <laughs> good dogs, man. That W. Yeah, I was super, super proud of that, man. That, that accomplishment, being able to uh, to graduate from, uh, you know, from the school of business, coming where we come from, and then, um, yeah, I just never thought it. Congratulations. I appreciate that. Definitely. All right, Goldie. We look forward to the podcast. Thanks for joining our social impact. You'll have to interview me. Maybe can. Uh, Trade podcast stories. Yeah, now definitely. That's how, that's how. If you remember, that's how we started off. Yeah, yeah. Because I was reaching out to you about interviewing you, so definitely, I'm, I'm, I'm excited for that. All right, Goldie. Thanks for your time, buddy. All right, thank you. Good to see you again. Yep.